give up the fight. All right, guys, this is going to be kind of short because I actually have mom duties to do too. Um, cause I've been so busy, you know, hence the conversation today of sacrifice, right? Um, and more so, I think that we need to dispel some rumors. You know, disinformation is very necessary, but I want to make something clear. For an operation of this magnitude, which is this, 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 this attempt, huh? And I don't want to say this attempt because it's already been done. We already know we won. And I know a lot of people find it hard to believe because they don't, they can't even suss me out. Hey, tell me, is this guy a good guy? Is this guy a bad guy? Tell me what you think. I don't trust this guy. I don't trust, uh, what is it? I don't trust Lynn Wood. I don't like General Flynn. I don't like this. It's like, guys, I'm not going to tell you anything that I don't want to tell you. And it's not me. Why would you listen to me? How do you know that I'm not some ex-girlfriend of somebody's and I'm just bitchy? You're not going to listen to me. Try to tune into your gut. I told you this a long time ago. Your gut will tell you everything you need to know. Now, to have a very successful operation, one, you have to not let them know your methods. I guess not show the cards, but I'm going to show you guys why the FBI raid happened and what the source was. And you're going to be like, oh, come on. And one thing that I've been very consistent in telling the people is corrupt, evil individuals are creatures of comfort. They use the same playbook over and over and over and over again without fail. Now, obviously, as time goes on and technology moves and, uh, you know, advancements of humans in utilizing technology to make things easier for them, obviously, these playbooks are tweaked to match that. But I think it's important for all of us to understand what sacrifice really means. You know, I see it all the time. You know, there's, there's a quarter million of Americans on my telegram groups that have conversations every day. And, and that's a big chunk of America just on that social media platform. There's so many all around the world too. I think I actually have more listeners around the world than I do in the U S but the same thing comes back. My family doesn't understand or me and my husband fight 
or, you know, I'm just a mom and I'm trying to make things work. So people need to understand sometimes how we can understand what actual sacrifice means. You know, uh, yesterday I had people repairing the ceiling in my apartment uh, where it started to rain again, right? They didn't repair it properly, but that's going to be done when I get back from, you know, working and sacrificing. Sacrificing means that you miss family reunions, football games, soccer games, birthdays, weddings, right? You all know those because you understand our soldiers that are overseas and those that are not soldiers that are fighting for our freedoms lose all of those things. They, they sacrifice. Not only that, there's people that sacrifice their time and their money, right? President Trump was one of them. He sacrificed his money and his time and himself, Yeah, I was having a conversation with people this morning in regards to things like this. And I said, you know, I think it's time we address that because, you know, a lot of people want to see success. Success, the way it's measured, you know, success, that's a really big problem of how people measure it. It is, if it's your bank account, damn, that's me and millions of other people are totally failing. (laughs) We're not successes at all. But success is dependent on what you measure. And if you measure success, your actual success on love and prosperity, and prosperity can be defined in many ways. You know, when I meet people uh, traveling around or, you know, just online that have five, six, ten, even three kids, right? Two kids, one. I'm like, you're already blessed. That's prosperity right there. You are continuing on your lineage with the right ideas. You know, my daughter's probably going to be upset, but, you know, sometimes speaking from a personal point, what do they call it? A personal point of privilege, right? It makes sense. So this morning she texts me, hey, mom, you know, she has a communication class and she has show and tell. She gets harassed a lot in school. She was like, hey, you know, because uh, I had two bags, the one was for show and tell and the other, the police officer at the school was like, I have to check your bag. And there was no reason for him to. And I told him, I'm asserting my rights. If you tell me who told you that you need to search my bag, then I'll be willing to comply. You have to give me a reason. You can't just say somebody anonymous. That doesn't work. I have rights just because I'm on school grounds or private property. However you want to say it, my rights don't stop. And obviously she had nothing to hide. So she was like, here's what's going to happen. You're going to watch my every move and I will empty my bag. And I'm complying with this unconstitutional search because I have nothing to hide. But she did make her point. And I think training our children correctly to make their points and asserting their rights is very important. Not to say that they shouldn't comply because it's very important that we have safety and security in schools, right? But this is a very important, important factor that they assert their rights, and they understand that they have them. Asserting rights is important. I think that's the foundation of everything we have. And and this is being chipped away by anyone that has been selected and placed in some form of position where they draw authority from that position. Now, as we know, successful people sacrifice. You know, a lot of people look at successful people or what they assume to be success and say, oh, I want to be like them. I Really, do you? 
Because if they're successful at, you know, being the best real estate agent or, you know, the best chef or, uh, you know, the best FBI agent or the best journalist or, or, or you need to understand that that comes at a cost. The cost is spending time with their family. The cost is, you know, missing uh, important deadlines uh, with family reunions or birthdays, something. That's what success has. Their sacrifice, depending on what you consider success, of course. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I've sacrificed. And, and you know what? I can't tell you the number of times that you have. And, and, and something simple like, you know, I got a box of the most amazing butter cookies from one of my listeners in Michigan. The most amazing. And they're so cute, too. I'll post pictures. I've been eating those like crazy. That person sacrificed their time, their flour, their sugar, their, their, their icing on the cookies. That was a sacrifice for me so that I can enjoy that cookie or the cards that I get or when I met the people in Dallas and, and you know, the time that they gave and I ordered the rice, La China, that was actually really good. And I didn't get to finish it that evening. I actually late, late, late evening, in the hotel, I, I, I messed that up. The La China rice was just amazing. But even the little things that, that people provide to me are sacrifice of time. Because they know that I'm sacrificing elsewhere. It's um, almost like an exchange because this is how we operate on an atomic level. I've said this so many times before that if everyone would lay down their defenses of the conceptual ideas about themselves, which is your ego, right? These conceptual ideas are literally the grievances that you maintain of your own history that allow you to identify your positions. And your positions right now, because of your ego, and I'm not saying ego in the sense of, oh, you have a big ego narcissist. I'm talking about your you, your you, your identity as you see yourself. For some reason, you always put yourself in either attack or defense mode. There's no in between. And these are the only two stances that people actually recognize within time. It's when you step out of time in itself that you see that you are not denied access to that Light that simply is and surrounds you, which is of love, forgiveness, and creativity. And that is what I define as success. When someone is able to step out of that box, even temporarily, because, oh, oh man, I am one that struggles many times to these confines. Because like I've said, the gates of hell are locked from the inside. Your ego is what tethers you to your body. Remember, your body is simply millions of atoms resonating at a certain frequency to create your skin cells, your heart cells, your GI cells, your brain cells, and they all work in unison in the same frequency to create the boundaries of this confine of your spirit bound to it. A mind that is free, an individual that is free is not contained in any container. That would include your body because it's all about understanding that and can see, I, I can't explain it any more simply, but it is a very hard concept for someone to, to digest. You as a person can come to know your authority based on love and forgiveness 
And this slowed time factor that you are experiencing during this revelation that's happening right now, it's your own because you realize who you really are during this frame of time. And this is where it kicks in to sacrifice. Although many times the term sacrifice has absolutely no meaning in the sense, uh, you know, in, in the respects of this world, it's temporary. Sacrifice is temporary and eventually will fade and disappear into where it came from, the absolute nothingness, when it is no longer needed. Now, what it really means is at the core of it. As everything, everything is a perceived perceived position or an illusion. Because in reality, there is really nothing to learn because you already know, and this is more a conceptual philosophical perspective, uh, perspective but it's nonetheless true. So what is the true meaning of sacrifice? In essence, it's uh, the price of believing in the illusions and the constructs that we accept. It is the price that has to be paid for denying the truth, right? Your sacrifice is the price you pay for denying the truth. Everything is there. There's no pleasure or any anything that you might find pleasurable in the world that doesn't demand the price of a sacrifice. Otherwise, then pleasure would be simply pain, right? And no one wants pain if it's recognized for exactly what it is. So the idea of sacrifice is also conceptual in that sense. Seek, but do not find. That sounds so bad, right? But it's those who pursue actual goals in this world that can make change. You might think that in life, you have to sacrifice everything you hold dear. And again, sacrifice is only temporary. In one respect, though, that may be true, that you must sacrifice everything you hold dear. Because, you know, that's how you get things done. You sacrifice your time, you sacrifice your energy, you sacrifice, uh, uh, you know, going out and having social interactions or just doing nothing and playing video games. Gosh, I really want to play some Age of Empires. But don't be deceived as to what sacrifice means. It always means giving up what you want or is it? Because what is it that you ultimately want is the question. You know, it's almost as if God is calling you right now and asking you for an answer. What is it that you really want? If, if, if God was to ask you now, what is it that you really want? A lot of you would be like, peace on earth, you know, uh, transparency, money, good health. No, I would say, you know, if you're asking for that, you're asking for things within this construct. The one thing that you would want is for him to show you mercy and release you from these confines, correct? There is no other voice in this whole world that can echo the voice of our creator. And what's important is, is that if you sacrifice truth, then you will remain in hell. And if you remain in hell, and others will remain in hell with you because it's all connected. 
sacrifices are not half sacrifices. You either sacrifice or you don't. There's no halfway. You can't partially leave heaven or partially leave hell for a little bit and then come back. And the word of God has no exceptions. This is fact. There is no exception. Because when you make exceptions, like attacking your brother, attacking your sister, attacking your mother, right? Causing pain to others for your benefit. Restricting truth. Obfuscating truth. Well, that's actually the point where separation between you and God happens. And this separation is completely unimaginable. And because people can't see that tether, it's almost unthinkable by many. And if you knew that you were doing that, you would be sad because in essence, you sacrifice the truth for your convenience. Truth is truth. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. That's the way it is. Remember everything <laughs> that God has provided to you. You shall not forget the meaning of sacrifice because he's given everything to you free of charge. You may think there's a charge, but it's free of charge. If you decide against him, that is the truth, and you choose nothing at the expense of awareness of everything, right? You know, you're still separated for him. You know, a lot of people say, well, what's the purpose of the Bible and the Quran and the Torah? And no, 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 no. Well, God offered you his word. And obviously, man wrote it down in their interpretation. But the reason that it's been put in writing and perpetuated in many versions is because he needs teachers. I mean, is there any other way to save his children? Think about it. Truth is <laughs> not in the eye of the beholder. It simply is. And that's fact. Now, I do have to make this short. So what I want to do is remind you what our president has said about success and business in general before we get into dispelling this FBI charade. Mm, a lot of people resign. Nah, 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 nah. Well, I'm going to show you how they're common people, right? People that you've seen before, but you forgot. See, what have I said for many years now? They get away with stuff because you forget stuff. And so we have these narratives and these suggestions. And now, uh, but I'm going to dispel to you and show you exactly what it is. And I actually wrote about it in big league politics. Pretty big, pretty big deal. And no one was paying attention. So one has to think, could this be a massive, a gotcha operation? And if so, right, all the players shouldn't be on the same team because that's how you get caught. This is where you have outside operators that are dialed in with their own orders at their own pace. Is it the competition that fires you up? Is it the money? What is it that gets you out of bed in the morning? What is it that drives you here? I really think it's the artistic or the aesthetic. I love building great buildings. In the case, most of my business is the building of things. And I get, I get great artistic pride out of a great building like Trump Tower, which is on 57th Street and 5th Avenue in New York, or Trump International Hotel and Tower, my new building on Central Park West. 
know, I get a great sense of artistic enjoyment out of those buildings. What do you think of, of business methods in the city? I mean, you've, you've been a New Yorker all your life. You've lived here. What do you think of the way people conduct business in the city? Well, I don't think that New York is that much different from other places. What I do think is that there's a greater energy in New York. There's a greater verve or a greater drive maybe in New York than most other places and really than any other place I've seen. But I don't think that business itself is much different in New York than it would be anywhere else. Greed, corruption. I mean, you say it's a throwaway line in the book, greed is good. Well, I don't think greed is good. And uh, as you know, they did the famous film where with Michael Douglas, Wall Street, where greed is good. But that is not the case. I mean, I think greed is bad. I think that you have to enjoy what you're doing. If you enjoy what you're doing, it'll be successful generally. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, it's almost never going to be successful. Rich men are always targets. The richer you get, I suppose, the bigger the target that you present to people. How much does that worry you? Well, I think that rich men, um, I guess, are always targets. Rich people are always targets. And I think that there's a level of celebrity that I've attained, which has become so ridiculous now that it makes me an even bigger target. So it always bothers me, but there's really not much I can do about it. I mean, I can't Ridiculous in what way, the celebrity level? Well, it's, it's just become very tough to go out. It's very tough to do things. It's very tough to just even go to a restaurant, in a sense, because it's always shaking hands and signing autographs and things. And, you know, it didn't used to be that way. But that's a symbol of success, is it? You're it is, but it's, of your it's, own success. it's not necessarily a good symbol. It's really, um, it causes lots of problems. I mean, you, you go out and you want to have dinner at a restaurant with a group of people, and it ends up being a big event, and you have people waiting at the entrance. To the, it, it's just a very tough way to lead a life, I find. You talk in your book about getting even, the importance of getting even. Is, is revenge sweet? I believe strongly in getting even. If somebody has hurt you, if somebody's gone out of their way to hurt you, I think that if you have the opportunity, you should certainly go out of your way to do a number on them. And I've had more criticism about that one statement in my book than any other statement. The clergy is called, the ministers, the priests, the rabbis. They've all said, what a terrible thing to say. That's against our teachings. I just believe it. I believe in an eye for an eye. If you did turn the other cheek, as the clergy are presumably suggesting to you, what would that do to your reputation in business circles here in New York? Do you think? Well, I don't know what it would do to my reputation. I just don't believe instinctively in turning the other cheek. If somebody was out to hurt you, if somebody was out to do a number on you, I really believe that you should just do a number on them if you get the chance. Can you give me an example? Well, there were people that I really helped in business when things were very good in the 1980s and when my company was going good. And they did not lift a finger to help me when I needed it. And there were a couple of them that could have very easily helped me. Now I have the opportunity to do a number on those people. And I will tell you, I'm having a lot of fun with the opportunity. Who are the See, a lot of people, and I actually kind of feel the same way. And I have, in a sense, felt that that was the correct way to go. Uh, because I have helped a lot of people in the past. I'm talking recent past, past seven years. But when I really needed help, when I really needed help, none of them came to my aid. And that really does hurt. But I saw that if I actively pursued revenge, well, 
it would just amplify the pain that I feel. And therefore, sometimes I just allow it now. And a lot of people close to me tell me that this is wrong, but I've completely committed myself to it. So I'm fine. I am okay with people not understanding me, uh, not seeing me for who I am or what I stand for, but speculating, not seeing that I actually have no problem confronting the devil himself if need be. And I will do it standing as tall as I can, right? And with a chest as buff as I can, right? And with the loudest mouth ever, because I fear nothing. Because if he's got me, then how can anyone else be against me? Then they're just on the wrong side. That's how I see it. Um, so let me dispel these uh, FBI rumors. Actually, let me find the article. Give me a second, because this will um, give you more insight to it uh, than anything else. Let me just see um, how I find it. Give me a second. All right. One of my oldest ones. I'm going to find it. Um, there we go. All right. You know, and I misspoke at a meeting, and I have to take that back, and I will um, in my travels on my name day, which, you know, I, I, for me, it's more of a birthday than a birthday. You know, I was having a conversation with someone this week, and I have to reiterate this, right? Uh, someone was telling me about birthday. I was like, man, I had the best birthday of my life in 2021. And that's thanks to you guys, by the way. So I'm, I'm all tapped out for the rest of my life on birthdays. I am freaking solid. Like, I will never complain that someone will forget it, not light me a candle or say anything. That was the best one. And I can't even express the thank yous. I mean, in Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico today, I was checking my mail as I went up to the office to say, hey, the guy just patched the hole. You know, we need to fix this. And I got a package from someone in Puerto Rico. And yesterday I got a care package with candies and, and these shirts and, and dog treats. And guys, you have no idea because I, I know a lot of people think, I don't know, maybe people think that I'm rolling in dough or something. But that literally keeps me going. So I appreciate that. But I, I just want to say, like, I, I got a package of cigarettes and I was just thinking, man, I got to buy cigarettes because I'm going to cities that, you know, charge a lot for these cigarettes. And uh, lo and behold, I got a package of Puerto Rican cigarettes. I, thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. And, and it's I can't express it to you. You know, I, I'm going to go back in time. To uh, my daughter, Hera, she was about, I don't know, 14, 15. I was arguing with her about school. And so the phone rings and I'm interpreting. And suddenly it's like, hi, uh, this is interpreter ID, blah, blah, blah. And it was like DHS on the phone, whatever. And I'm doing my thing. And so on pause while they're getting whoever they're questioning at border, right? I, I, I look at her and she's like, mom, why do you do this? Like they call you at any moment of the night. And I said, my gosh, I'm helping people in their worst time, right? They're being questioned to not enter the border or exit. They're going through hell and they could be evil too, right? They could be. But the fact that I helped them, that one thank you is one of the best currencies. So if I can give that back to all of you right now, I want to tell you that. Thank you. Because that is one of the best currencies. And I think my children have learned that from me uh, over time. Yes, I wasn't present as a parent. I agree. I failed as a mother. This is how I see it on the fact that I wasn't there most of the time. But the little things have sat. And I want you guys to remember that. 
One thank you from a stranger, right? Or even a loved one is the best currency ever, right? The best currency ever. I, I, I can't stress that enough. So let's get to what's really happening with the FBI raid. We're going to go back in time to this article that I wrote. In, is it 2018, June of 2018? League politics, it's uncategorized. So the title of it is Senate Docs. Um, Manafort's Russian partner in new charges is linked to fusion GPS spy Natalia Veselnitskaya. Well, Natalia, I'll just tell you here, as you can see, I said the Russian attorney partner of Paul Manafort, who was named as a defendant in the new Robert Mueller charges on Friday, is also linked to the Russian spy Natalia, who was paid by Fusion GPS to attend a meeting with Don Trump Jr. and Jared Kushner in Trump Tower. Do you guys remember that? According to Mueller's new charges, Manafort's Russian spy partner, Konstantin Kilminik, tried to intimidate or coerce witnesses in Manafort's upcoming money laundering trial. That puts Konstantin in the center of the Mueller effort to find obstruction of justice in Trump world. And they always use that, don't they? Mueller is giving himself until September 11th to try to find obstruction of justice after finding no Russian collusion involving Trump. So who is Konstantin? And I go into who Constantine is. But what's important is that documents reveal that Kilminik's ties to Natalia. Let's take a look at the United States Senate Judiciary Committee documents questioning her in October of 2016. 2016. Grassley and Feinstein specifically asked her if she knew Constantine Kilminik. So somebody knew something. Right. Do you know any of the following? Look at this. I'm surprised that Igor Pasternak is not on here, but okay. We have Vladimir Putin, Boris, Oleg Deripaska, Viktor Yanukovych, Igor Sechin, Igor Divikan, Carter Page, Sergey. Look at all these names. And then they asked, did you discuss the June 9th meeting with any of the individuals listed in the preceding question? If so, describe when and what was discussed. Now, Attorney General Sessions, when he was Attorney General, he was a member of the Senate Judiciary Committee as a senator for Alabama. This is why he had to recuse himself because he was already questioning people in regards to the Russian collusion. So I want to put that out. Okay. I want to put that out. The meeting that Natalia had with Don Jr. and Trump Tower, which by the way, it was um, Loretta Lynch who just turned on Manafort's phone. She got a warrant for it. And remember, it was Loretta Lynch <laughs> that signed off on her visa to enter the country, even though DHS had blocked her. Do you remember that? DHS said she wasn't allowed to fly to the U.S., but Loretta Lynch overrode that. It's almost like the way John Brennan overrode all 19 pilots that flew planes into places in the United States. He overrode their block and gave them visas to come. Let's remember that because he was the station chief at Jetta at the time. So I'm just pointing some stuff out. So I want to show you how the playbooks are the same. And, 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 you know, I've been sitting back, you know, I haven't talked about this yet. I haven't talked about the, you know, the, 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 the woman that was at Mar-a-Lago and, you know, all this stuff. And we're going to, you know, put it up there. We're going to talk about it because she is the reason that the FBI ransacked President Trump's Mar-a-Lago. It's not the documents, but you know what? That's it. When you see him coming, you let him do it. Because that's how you introduce evidence. So let me, let me show you the playbook. So this meeting was allowing them to surveil. 
And the fact that she was a lawyer herself, she was in the meeting, uh, you know, to kind of talk about things and, you know, they recorded everything. And apparently she was talking to them about Russian adoptions. Isn't that nuts? Right. Well, then let's go to what's going on right now. Well, actually, let's go to the Today Show and listen to how they reported on that 2016 President Donald Trump meeting at the Trump Tower thing, because then you're going to understand what happened in Mar-a-Lago. Here we go. Before the Mueller grand jury, Rob Goldstone maintains it was not his email that caused the infamous Trump Tower meeting to happen, but a series of phone calls it provoked between Donald Trump Jr. and a Russian pop star who was his client. You have been called a wide variety of names over the past year. Useful idiot, dunce, clown, bonkers, puppet of the Kremlin. I've been called much more than that as well. Ultimately, I was a publicist who wrote an email on behalf of my client. His client was a billionaire Russian pop star known as Emin, son of one of Russia's wealthiest developers, Aris Agalerov. They were introduced to me by people that knew them as the Trumps of Russia. The email Rob Goldstone wrote on their behalf to Donald Trump Jr. is perhaps the most analyzed email ever written, a focus of the Mueller investigation. In it, Goldstone asked Don Jr. to meet with a lawyer from the Russian government willing to provide dirt on Hillary Clinton. Don Jr.'s reply, if it's what you say, I love it. Do you regret sending this? I regret not listening to the little voice in my head, the same one that made me say to Emin, no good can come from this, and this is a bad idea. Fast forward to June 9th, 2016. At Trump Tower, Rob Goldstone escorts three Russians and a translator to the 25th floor conference room. One of the Russians who attended the meeting had previously been associated with Russian intelligence. Did you know that at the time? Not only did I not know that at the time, but I'd forgotten that there were going to be multiple Russians attending. Goldstone says he didn't intend to stay, but Don Jr. asked him to. Also in the room, Paul Manafort and Jared Kushner. Instead of the promised dirt on Clinton, the Russian lawyer read from a memo about American sanctions on Russia and restrictions on adoption. At which point Jared Kushner said, I have no idea what you're talking about. Could you possibly refocus? And to my horror, she started this monotonous presentation at exactly the same place where she'd begun and repeated it. Don Jr. stood up and said, I really don't know why you would address this to us. My father's a private citizen. I suggest you address it to the Obama administration. They're in power. So the reason they were frustrated is because what you had suggested and what we presume Emin suggested in the phone call, the dirt on Hillary Clinton. Didn't transpire. Goldstone says he thought the meeting had been an utter disaster. Despite that, the Russians pushed for more meetings after Donald Trump was elected president. Goldstone says he doesn't think they ever happened. So you would agree with the intelligence officials, both past and present, who say that this was most likely a Russian probe to the Trump campaign? I mean, I can't say that definitively. I'm willing to believe that I don't know who wanted this meeting. It was pointed out many times what I had written in my email 
wasn't what was being investigated or questioned. It was the willingness to receive that information that was important. And, and possibly a crime. And possibly a crime. But it was a dirty offer. Yes. It was a dirty offer that they accepted. Yes, that is true. That didn't materialize, but yes, it's the willingness to accept it. This is what Steve Bannon had to say about the meeting. Three senior guys in the campaign thought it was a good idea to meet with a foreign government inside Trump Tower in the conference room on the 25th floor with no lawyers. Even if you thought that this was not treasonous or unpatriotic, and I happen to think it's all of that, you should have called the FBI immediately. Do you understand why he says that? There was a campaign chairman in that meeting. Jared Kushner was at meeting. People have said to me, shouldn't I have known? Well, shouldn't they have known? Do you think President Trump knew about the meeting prior to it taking place? I don't definitively know if he knew or he didn't, but it was taking place in his conference room and it was taking place with his campaign chair sitting and attending the meeting as well as his son and his son-in-law. So it's a bit of a stretch to believe that he doesn't know what's going on. It also goes against this, what we perceive as the relationship between Don Jr. and his father. He wants to please his father. He thinks he may have gotten his hands on something that would be very useful. I also think it's interesting that there's a similar dynamic between Don Jr. and his father and Emin and his father. It's like they did it for daddy, both of them. An attorney for the Aguileros told NBC News, quote, it is absolutely false that anyone from the Russian right, government or Russia. Right. So let's 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 stop for a second. So in 2016, this sham meeting happens. This meeting happens with a Russian lawyer who was not allowed to enter into the United States. And Loretta Lynch made sure that her visa was good. Now we fast forward to the fake Rothschild heiress, which, uh, you know, I have a pretty deep dive. I don't have the time to go into all of this, but I want you to see what really went on here. With the Pittsburgh Post, because that one of the reporters behind the story, Michael, thank you for coming in. You quote one Mar. Oh, appreciate that. You quote one, one Mar-a-Lago member who is a former investment banker saying this. It was near per it was a near it was the near perfect ruse and she played the part. How was this woman able to gain gain such access to Mar in Mar-a-Lago? Well, you know, you think about all the props, so the jewelry, you know, the brand new Mercedes G-Wagon, the um Van Cleef and our Powell bracelets, the you know, and so she played the part and she was very good. And I, for all intents and purposes, she had everybody there, at least the guests, convinced she was a member of the Rothschild family. This investigation into this woman comes three years after two separate incidents of Chinese nationals being arrested for entering the resort's grounds, as you, as you note in your reporting, and we all remember. What have you learned about the security process for people to get into Mar-a-Lago since Donald Trump has left office? Yeah, it's an interesting question because what you're dealing with Mar-a-Lago is you have a private club and you have the president's residence. And, you know, there's a saying there, we've never had a president, former president living in a hotel. And so the challenges of providing security are really, are really difficult. For, for instance, you can have guests coming in and out of one part of the compound and there's the president with his family in the other. So, 
the 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 um, whole problem is being able to d- provide the kind of security in the club and in the residence that's that 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 protects the president and his family and all the records that were there for all that time. And so it's a difficult task. Uh, it's a juggling act. Uh, for sure. You know, she, had, she has said in sworn statements, this woman in your reporting, that she's never used another name. She hasn't broken any laws. Also telling the Post-Gazette that this whole situation is some misunderstanding. At what point did Trump security realize what was going on? Um, actually, Kate, they've never found out what was going on. I think we pretty much told them. I think that it was pretty, it was, had been for about a year, kind of a secret, at least among most of the people that were there. Um, a guest that was invited there in March finally broke it to some of the um, the president's staff and other people like, you know, hey, be careful. Um, this isn't the real person you think it is. Wow. And you should probably not allow her here. Uh, don't get involved with her in any way. That was in March. So that was close to a year later. Wow. You know, bottom line, there's a quote in your piece that seems that really stuck out to me um, and seems to sum it all up. It's it, it, the quote is the question is, was it a fraud or an intelligence threat? Have you landed anywhere close to a conclusion on that? No. And I think as the Secret Service agent said, the former Secret Service, that's the problem. But the idea that you don't know who is there, that at any given time, somebody could get into this facility under a fake name, fake identity. You know, think about it. She was in and out of that place five times in two days, driving in, driving out, driving in, driving out. Nobody checked her ID. Nobody knew who it was. She could have been going into Neiman Marcus for all that matter. And so, and the president was there that weekend. So that's the challenge it faces, you know, is, is it adequately protected on all sides? So this is just another thing of Natalia. And I'll tell you why. This woman uh, is not who she says she is. She has a valid State Department issued passport, a valid driver's license from the state of Florida that is very legit. So even if someone tried to look into her, they would see nothing. I want you to pay attention to what I said. Who had visited the president in the past few weeks? And that was from July 8th when I was made aware that a raid was coming. So it was very important the past two months who he met with, who he did transactions, who he posed for pictures with, who whatever. Not saying that that happened with her. But it was important because the person that went there brought some things to attention. Now, while we claim it's the documents, they're going to say, well, this was a Russian agent, which they're true. She has a Russian passport, Ukrainian. She actually works for CGI. She's constantly in Canada. She has a daughter, and this is why she makes big buku dollars, right? I don't know if Tatiana is her mother, and she's the, the, uh, the daughter, and then her daughter, the granddaughter, is a musician who never shows her face. Um, her name is Sophia. Uh, she has used multiple identities uh, within the United States through divorce and not divorce. It's pretty straightforward that you can see who she is, but... The question is, how did she get a valid entry? She's been flying around and not just the U.S., the world, the world with a valid U.S. passport. So the question goes back to the State Department that knew and gave it to her. So that's key here. They already knew. They already 
knew. So this excuse of having documents and them coming in is not because he had the documents and they weren't secure. It's because they set that up kind of like Natalia going to the Trump Tower. You see, this is how they operate and this is how they work. And while you hear many people talking, oh, it's Nara, it's this, that was the excuse based on the plant that they had inserted. So the question is, who invited her, who was befriended? They may have not known because she has, you should see her daughter's Instagram page. She has Lamborghinis. She hangs out with all these musicians. She's in Saudi Arabia. She's in, you know, China. She's in Tokyo. She's everywhere DJing, right? That's her daughter. And she herself with her Russian passport was guess what? Working with child adoptions in Moscow. Again, you know, a lot of people uh, have a lot to say and they don't listen to actual spies that know how these things work, which is sucky because there's so much that brick and mortar DIA brick and mortar CIA. And we're doing, when I say brick and mortar, I mean, honest. Okay. Let me rephrase. I mean, honest right? That work within the confines of what the law says. Well, they try to, right? So all our agencies, all our agents within our agencies work in confines. There are people that work outside the confines, right? And this is what's important. So this woman, just like Natalie, and I can guarantee you, and I would put my hand to the fire on this, that they're connected. Natalie, who went to the Trump Tower in 2016, is connected to this woman because guess what? Her business is also connected to the dude that sent that PR request. Useful idiot? No. He's an asset for MI6. I want to know why the MI6 are getting involved in our local politics. This is fact. And you could take that to the bank. Because this woman, in her other identities, worked with Natalia in the Russian abortion, abortion, I want to say, adoption scenario. This is like the more legal child movement thing. Not adoption, but buying kids. Okay. It's a business. They work together and I can prove that. And the agent in England works with her daughter. This is the same thing again. So it blows my mind that I've sat on this for so many days and I've had some incredible person who, by the way, it's their birthday tomorrow and they felt totally disowned because I canceled August 31st, apparently. But bottom line is, I already knew this. So how is it that all these pundits out there didn't, didn't know that Natalie and her are related in regards to the adoption center, didn't know that, hey, she was there and she's the reason they raided because Nara said they had this and they had Russians coming up in there just like Natalie was Russian and they were all up in the Trump Tower. Do you see? This is how you break news. You actually sit and wait and see what kind of stories they're perpetuating based on the limited information or what they want to say. And you know, many will say, well, maybe they didn't want to say because of course there's very smart people that are just going by the lower part, right? But you know, like I said, there's some people that just dial themselves in and they're like, all right, I know what you guys are doing and you guys are doing. It's great. But let me just come in and just let me just turn on this light right here. Right. And this is exactly it. This woman is related to Natalie that went to the Trump Tower related not by um, family. Right. They're related in working relationships about adopting children from Russia. And the agent, the PR agent that sent that email to set up that meeting is also intertwined with her daughter, Sophia, the DJ, 
right? Um, as her PR agent. So, you know, how many times are you useful? Once I'd say, okay, but twice, get out of here. Get out of here. You're at my six. Stop it. You can't hide behind your finger. You're not, you can't. It's like holding up your index finger in front of your face and say, oh, look, you can't see me. Dude, totally see you. So this is exactly what happened. They set up President Trump with a Russian person, just like they did with the Trump Tower, right? And since she had access to it, and then the FBI was like, oh, man, we got a tip. You mean you got a tip from who? Let's find out who at the State Department authorized her uh, passport. Hey, let's go to DeSantis and find out who gave her that ID. And De Rothschild, just so you know, her company is called Rothschild Media. So that's where her daughter operates from. So it's not a far stretch from her trying to use an alternate name based on her company. So it wasn't that she was passing off as a Rothschild. Maybe that was her cover story, right? Because she didn't have this PR guy trying to introduce because that wasn't going to work. They needed to bring her around from the rich area, posing with her daughter's supposedly successful DJ career with all these people from around the world with all these fancy cars and fancy clothes. I mean, stop. You know what? Actually, let me show you. <laughs> let me just show you because then you're going to see it. And her daughter hides her face. It's so weird. It is so bizarre. Let me just find that link because I wasn't expecting to do it. But I just want to like rub it in to all these people that, you know, apparently know what they're talking about. Right. They all know what they're talking about. And they're just amazing researchers and investigative reporters. No, they're not. They just say what everybody else is saying. Here she is. Sophia Rothschild. It's the Rothschild media label. And I'm showing it to you right now. Right. And she is her daughter. Right. I have him in pictures through CGI assets working with Canadian intelligence and MI6. I have all that. Oh, why don't you do an article? Well, what am I supposed to do first? I'm running for secretary of state. I also, you know, am trying to figure out how I pay my way to go give all this information to hand to people. Right. Because I'm a grifter. Right. I actually do work. So let me show you the work that your media failed to do. And I'm more happy to show you. So this is her daughter here. The cars, the fancy cars. She always hides her face in everything. You know, let me see if we can. Okay, so this is her DJing. Here she is in Montreal. Here she is, you know, four weeks ago. They're, they're traveling. Here she is. Here she is again. Here she is in Miami, Florida with all her nice cars. You know, here she is with her. I mean, she has a really good dress sense, I have to admit. Here she is DJing. You know, here she is posing with her cars in Florida. Here she is again. Here she is again. Here she is again. That's her. Here she is again. Here she is again. Here she is again. Here she is again. Here again. Here again. There we go. There we go. We can get her in Abu Dhabi, West Palm Beach. So weird, right? Wait, let's go back to West Palm Beach where she's looking at cars. I mean, she's dripping, isn't she? Oh, wait. Yeah, this is a really important picture. Just remember that picture. See this? I'm just doing this so we can document this on Rumble. Let's not lose the dates. Orlando, Miami, the dates, where she's going. Mom goes with her. There she is. You know, your media really failed you. Your investigative journalists didn't do much investigating. They just go by whatever the going narrative is. You see the difference between investigating journalism and reporting. This is the daughter of the woman that supposedly is the Ukrainian slash Russian because she has a Ukrainian passport and a Russian passport. I can show you all that too. Let's just go through it. Even though I really got to get going. 
I should just make this a full report. Here she is in Montreal again, in New York City, in Florida, in Florida. She's in Saudi Arabia as well, in Tokyo. This is real journalism. This is the difference between knowing shit and pretending to know shit. You know, people just don't see it. Okay, so this is the daughter. <sighs> Let's go to just saving most of these. Here we go and back again. And again. And again. And again. Miami. There's her mom. There's her mom. You see her mom? Do you see her mom? I hope you guys can see her mom. You see her mom? You see her mom of Rothschild Media? You see her mom? I like her dress. And her mom looks hot. But do you see her mom? That's the lady that was at, the, at Mar-a-Lago. Can you see it? Can you see her mom? I just want you guys to just take a look at her mom while I get her passports and stuff. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting. It's very interesting, actually. Uh, you know, uh, another interesting thing. Oh, you know, let me... Mm, I should put it right there on media. So um, that's a mom that you're seeing on the screen. I'm just going to put these out. Um, let me see where she is. I need to find the nice picture of this because she does have multiple names. She has used multiple names. I have divorce documents that say so. Um, I have her husband's divorce documents, all this stuff. They work with a charity called United Hearts. Ah, United Hearts. Get out of here. Stop it. Need to get, oh, let me um, get all three of the ladies here um, that were in high society. Obviously, in her social media, it doesn't show who she is. She hides her face, as you can see. Um, I should show you high society to show those pictures, so I will. Um, goes into back to the Dutch. It just circles back to the Dutch, which is just si simply incredible, you guys. This is, this is her. That's the mom. That's the one that was at uh, Mar-a-Lago that everyone's losing their mind about, right? Oh, you know... Trump had this, nee, 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 nee. and it's like, oh man, you guys suck so bad. You wish you were smart, you know, because you should have known this. Oops, wrong. They should have known this. Everyone should have known this. This was this was something very simple that you just a simple search would have pulled it up. A simple, you know, background report would have pulled it up. You would have seen all the pictures, and like I said, this leads back right to. Natalia that came to the Trump Tower on June 6th. That's how these people work. They use the same people again and again and again. It's not rocket science, okay? It's really not rocket science at all. And, you know, they even do business just like, you know, um, the Bidens, right? Where they have the same company named a little bit different, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this is how she used the name Rothschild. Let me swap screens so you can see that, you know, now that you see her, she's on her daughter's um, Instagram, as you could see, her daughter hides her face all the time. <sighs> all these musicians that she's with, right? All these big faces and big cars and tons of money. Look at that. You know, all of that. You know, she's she's just, you know, private jet life. You know, why not? But, you know, people are going to tell you that the raid was because of Nara. No, they set him up. 
And this is how the lady went by with um, the Rothschild, uh, you know, uh, label, record label, right? Because this is how she did it. I mean, this is her company. Qualify the artist, Sophia, her daughter, right? This is them, right? RML, Rothschild Media Label. That's her. And that's that's how they operate, you guys. It's not rocket science. It's, it's really not. And and that's what's disheartening when you see people acting as if it's something, you know, so tremendous and so incredible. And you're just like, no, it's really not. They just set him up again, you know, by doing these things. Here's these high society photos that I, I really want to show you this stuff, guys. So that way you understand the gravity of the situation, right? Because this shows you just how dishonest the media is when they put things out and how they perpetuate ideas as if they know what they're talking about. So this lady that has the Rothschild media, this is her in a high society photo. I guess it's Halloween, so that's why this guy has blood on his hands, you know, all these masquerade things, whatever. And then we have this. This is some of her businesses that she ran in a Yesichin. Well, actually, the Y has changed to T. It's changed to R. It's not rocket science. We found it. Look, it's Armada Business Group, Inc., but it was Armada Business Mega Group, Rothschild Media Label, CIDC, United Hearts of Mercy, CIDC, Golden Wayland. These are all her businesses. Now, I don't know if these are inactive. This is just the free software. But this is her name, Ina Yesichin. And it's also Tashishin, and it's also Iashishin. Uh, she has a ton of variations um, in there, and it also she also goes by Anna as well. So there's a lot more. So I, I don't know, maybe the FBI is like looking into this or not. I just think it's important that we point out that these three ladies together. Ooh, let me delete that. Let me get that in there. Okay, because I have to delete some to be able to show some. Here we go. So that's her daughter, the DJ. There's a lady that was at Mar-a-Lago, and I think Tatiana Handler, mom, I don't know. But she seems to be in business with her a lot. And her divorce, or was it her divorce? I don't know. But they got a lot of money, and they made a lot of stuff. And I'm just saying that this is exactly it. People are not paying attention. This is from Canada, by the way where they're going to the Rolls Royce Bentley because you'll see her daughter driving in Bentleys and Rolls, Royce, uh, Rolls Royces and more power to her. They're making money. That's a good thing. You know, making money and having it is fantastic. But, you know, it's also really important to find out the 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 money that actually is behind it. You want to see the money going behind it? Well, I'm going to show you uh, the money going behind it and the capital money that goes behind it and, and who is behind it. And it almost, you know, and then when I found Brennan's company, I was just like, get out of here. Like, this is such a setup. Uh, uh, John Owen Brennan, so weird. And we have like a little bit of Massaw, a little bit of MI6 in here. It's just like so bizarre. And I'm going to show you how they change the things one by one. You know, I'm going to and I hope that the media actually uh, goes on this, um, you know, and focuses on this because I don't have the capacity to do it. I mean, I am going to provide it where I need to provide it. But, you know, uh, this is this is actual, you know, journalism, not, you know, oh, let's just go with this narrative because that's what's fantastic. So, uh, you know, it's 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 so disheartening. Right. When I see things that are being said in the media as if they know what they're talking about when they don't. And when they sit there and they make allegations when they don't, 
you know, they put out all this information as if they're, yeah, you know, we know what we're talking about. This is what's happening. This is how it's happening. And it's like, no, not really. That's not how it goes. No, it doesn't. It really does not. It really does not. It just shows that you're just going with whatever anybody says. So that way it's um okay. See, Anna Tarashenko, Ina Yashichwin, all same address. Tatiana Verzelina, which I think is the one that was married to Mr. Verzelina that had the divorce. So Anna, Ina, same shit. I mean, they have some of the passport stuff, but what I'm trying to point out is what we need to be focusing is on the fact that, you know, they... They gave the ID. They did this. They allowed this to happen. They did this, you know, so that they could get Trump. That's it. They hate him so much that they, they want to get him, you know, uh, no matter what he's, they need him. They need to get Trump and they will break the law if they have to. And, you know, I want to know who at the state department issued her passport in 2014, Obama. Right. 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 Who did it? Who gave it? Because that's how you get down to the bottom of facts. Now, let's start showing those pictures, right? Let's, let's do this. Let's start showing. So, first of all, let's show this passport. And then, uh, oh, I don't have the Russian one here. It's in the article, though. You guys can find that. I don't need to. I just have a few of them. So, here's her Ukrainian passport. It says it's Inna Vashishishin, <laughs> right? So, it says that, it was done through the USA, the authority. I, did, I don't know. Like, so was that at the embassy? That's interesting. And then we have her U.S. passport that was provided to her by, under the Obama administration. Um, let me show you that. So de Rothschild. So that was done by the United States Department of State. Right. So weird. So weird. You know what? You want me to tell you how it was? Do you remember? And I'm going to ask you guys to just do your own homework if you're interested in this. Go back to see where I talked about Obama handing out like 10 passports and visas to some Russian guy's stuff, right? Yeah, you need to revisit that show. Just go search it up on torysaid.com. Not much. Then you're going to find out who was the one that gave her all these ideas. Another thing is we should be asking, you know, DeSantis how she got an official driver's license in Florida. You know, I just saying it's just all so, so weird. So weird. I mean, you know, should I just go Tory day? Tory says, here's some names. Let's just show you some names. I should show you some names. I should, I should, let me just show you some identities because then it'll make sense. Here's some of the identities, Victor, Ina, Svitlana, you see how they put an I instead of a Y, right? Ina, Tatiana, Anna Tarasenko, that's another identity that she uses for Rothschild Media, United Hearts of Mercy, Rothschild Music, Rothschild Media Label. I mean, come on, you guys, we're the reporters. Come on, you guys all suck. Especially the right media that could have said, oh, no, did they just try to do the same thing they did on January 6th? Well, you know, when it comes to this, what have I always said? We got to follow the money. Ah. And here's where the money goes. Let's show you the money. I'll show you the investment companies that are busy funding all these things. Here's some. It's called Advanced Capital LLC, right? And um, 
owner at Advanced Capital, Samuel McGinnis, Juliana Bellaro. Hold on. Here's some more. Banker and co-founder, London, England. <laughs> here's where your MI6 kicks in. And here's head of underwriting, Rosanna Sevillano. Julie, they're all like fake because if you actually look at their, they're like little kids. How do they get these titles? Head of underwriting. She's not even qualified to underwrite anything. She's in Miami. She's in New York. I mean, look. Look where they're at. Wait, there's more. Hopefully, some people will actually take this and run with this. I'm trying to see where the other one is. Oh, let me just show you Brendan's company. <laughs> and this is where I was like, come on, stop. Global capital, get out of here. Get out of here. These are all bullshit. Puerto Rico. I mean, see, if people paid attention, to what they are saying and doing, right? Then they would be like, wait a minute, it has nothing to do with Farah, Nara, <laughs> Sara, Kamara, whatever, whatever ism or ara they want to talk about. This was a setup. And the daughter, like I said, is linked up to the same PR guy. So this is like super bizarre. I mean, it's just really bizarre, you guys, that no one is talking about this, how this is just another setup. Same one. Same people, same everything. Here, I'll, I'll show you another link. I mean, there's so much out there and it's like, what is going on here? Either our right-wing media is kind of like whatever or, you know, they're just complicit. <laughs> it's just so dumb. Here's Anna Sophia Rothschild posing. This is her daughter, the DJ. Here's Anna. And here's her posing with Jeff Ranzel. Um, actually, this comes from World Eye. This is in 2020, right? Of um, uh, is it April or 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 February? This is you know this is MI6 connections. This is Canadian intelligence. See, this is where I get upset. And you know, people translate that into she's just like really mean. No, I mean because you're dumb. And just because you're dumb, I'm not going to be nice to you. You're feeding a narrative to the people that isn't true. This is the truth. This is the bombshell. Whatever they did in the Trump Tower on the 6th is exactly what they did at Mar-a-Lago, which gave the FBI the excuse because then what happened? Once that was situated and they had enough information, right? And then, oh, we, oh, he has spies. He's not secure in there. We need those documents. Like, you stop. We're going to raid you now because you're allowing Russians to see that shit. But it's like, hey, if I've been watching this, you better believe I have communications on this. Oh, wait, the NSA does. Oh, wait. So to some FISA warrants that you don't know exist because you're not supposed to know. So again, they just fell for the trap. They just took the little cheese and ate it up. Oh, look. See, this is how it goes. They just ate it up. Yeah, I'm not showing you guys anything. That's why you're only seeing me. Wait, you weren't seeing all the other photos? No, yeah, you were. You were seeing these photos. You were seeing all these photos. Remember, these are all capital systems, and they all go back to Global Security Group and Danzamian Group and none and none and none and none. All the fronts that Brendan knows, that's the way it is. There's nothing to see. I'm not showing you anything. I'm talking to you. My voice is showing you everything you need to know. You don't need to see anything, okay? The bottom line is they set that up. Then the FBI came in, 
Then they made claims. Oh, you know, oh, you da 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 don't have security, and we got this. No, 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 no. It's like stop, stop talking, stop talking. I know why you came here. You wanted to use that. You wanted to come in. Well, we knew that. So welcome. Now we've just introduced evidence. Thank you for playing. Have a nice day. And that's exactly what happened. But you know, whatever. Now, as for me, I have to get going. I've got things to do because today the ballots are certified and, you know, um, the Secretary of State of Ohio hasn't said that they're going, if they're going to side with this kangaroo court judge uh-huh, and um, kind of defy the Board of Elections and decertify me. But you know what? Yesterday, late last night, I shot off an email, shot off an email totally by myself. And I was like, yo, we asked you for this paperwork and you're treating it like an open records request when we need it according to civil rule, da, 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 da. You know, I knew what I was doing and boom, suddenly the attorney general pops up and you're like, oh, so you're all in it together. Now I've got evidence of that. So now I can ask for your communications. You see how that works? This is how you set it up. Because I've said this before, you act exactly the way they expect you to act and they fall into the trap. And this is another thing. We acted just like, <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. While well, they're trying to say that it's about archives. You know what the Trump team should be doing? They should be saying, hey, Natalia that Loretta Lynch gave a visa to, to come in and under the Obama administration because he handed out all those visas and passport to that Ukrainian guy. Go look up on Tory said, hey, you know, she's the one she's connected to her with the Russian adoption things. And the PR guy is the same dude, kind of like they're using the same playbook, but with Mar-a-Lago and using the excuse of the, uh, you know, Nara stuff. <laughs> and then I'm sitting here watching this happen. And I have two amazing people that I work with. They're incredible. Okay. And one of them was like, uh, you know what? We can't just look at this because this is reminding me of Epstein, but the more formulated task force through the State Department, right? The same stuff that I uncovered with the state of North Dakota and the attorney general working with the State Department to be bringing in all these foreign kids from other countries and then disappearing at some truck stop by the oil rigs. But anyway, this is it. And so I'm watching it and I'm watching all these reporters that are supposedly amazing and none of them made the connections yet that Natalia and her are related in regards to business. And not only that, that the State Department and Florida, somebody in the Obama administration issued that because all those identifications were provided under the Obama administration because she's linked to that one dude that Obama gave 15 years of visas to stay in our country. We got a list, right? So the question is, why is our media the one that's supposed to be independent and giving us news, giving us fake news recycled, saying that it's all about the National Archives, when the National Archives were just the excuse because they planted this woman in there. This is why I said, find out who went and visited, because that one person that went and visited was the one that had eyes on things, and this is it. Mm. But again, I digress. Truth comes out, whether people like it or not. So get ready for the grave, y'all, because it's coming. I'll let you guys know on the locals today, um, you know, what's happening once we find out. 
Uh, God bless you all. Um, I need your prayers. I appreciate all your rumbles and your my subscribers on Subscribestar. I appreciate you. You keep me going. And I want to thank you guys for sacrificing your time to write me that note, you know, make those cookies for me. I really, really appreciate you. And, you know, I know my my name day. I, I should be spending it with my family because on the second is Carlo's birthday and I'm not going to be there either. Um, which is sad, but I guess, you know, I'll be doing what's more important to me. And I always have to remember when I get frustrated, I get pissed off when I see people trolling me or saying things about me. I really do get angry. And I say, you know, this isn't fair. I'm fighting for them and they're trashing me. But on the other hand, you know, it's not them. It's for my children and what's right. And sometimes I have to like refocus and remember that no matter how much heat I get. So, um, uh, keep focusing on the prize, the Impeach 44. We got this. I'm just showing you we already won. And I'm just showing you it's all part of the motions that we're going through. So I'm eternally grateful. God bless. Thank you.